Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Okay, hello and welcome automotive world. This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host today. Uh, Today I have a special guest uh, that I'm going to chat with, Cody Gaddy. Cody is an L1 master technician. He lives in Tucson, Arizona, and you can find Cody on his YouTube channel, Cody's Auto Diagnostics. Uh, You can also find him on the same name on a Facebook page, Cody's Auto Diagnostics. Cody makes and sells pulse sensors that can be used with uh, automotive scopes. And today we're going to talk about a little bit uh, how he makes these sensors and what they can be used for. I'm really excited to have him here today. So let's get into the interview. Yeah, I first want to thank you for, for coming on and uh, chatting with me for a while. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of slacking on getting people on for interviews. I've, I've actually been really busy lately uh, trying to get to all my classes online and trying to do uh, do a little bit of work on the side. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try to reach out to more and more people here and get some other people on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I think this podcast is just absolutely awesome, man. I mean, it's just such a brilliant idea, you know, and I really enjoy sitting at, you know, sitting at work and everything and listening. So it's it's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I really like podcasts because I can listen and and do something else. You know, I can, you know, work on a car or clean my house or whatever. It's kind of ups that productivity. And there just wasn't one out there specifically for what I was looking for, which, you know, automotive diagnostics. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'll be, I'll be the one to start it. We'll see how this goes. So it's got to start somewhere and, you know, I appreciate you putting it out. And like you said, you know, sit, you know, being at work and working on cars and stuff and listening to the podcast, like, you know, remarkable results and then your podcast and everything. It's, it's cool because you can learn while you're working, you know, it's just, it's nonstop, you know, education, which is just, it's awesome. So. Yeah. You have those uh, kind of, I wouldn't say mindless tasks, but there, there are some of those where it's just your, your hands are on autopilot and you can let your, uh, let your brain learn something else. So uh, we'll just talk a little bit about you for uh, anyone listening. Um, You're working at Borst Automotive. Yep. Correct. Borst Automotive in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. Awesome. I got some family that lives up in uh, Phoenix, a little bit North of you. I haven't been out there in quite a while, but uh, definitely a nice area. My mom grew up uh, in Scottsdale, just North of there as well. Uh, So how long have you been at, uh, at Borst? Uh, I actually just started with Borst uh, the beginning of this year, 2020. So before that I was with another company and I was with them for close to 14 years. Um, and decided to uh, to move on to you know better things I guess you know more advancement I felt like I was kind of tapped out where I was where I was at at the shop and and uh, you know I, I just want to continue to to push myself farther and learn as much as I can in this industry you know 
Yeah, it's it's a important thing, you know, to be able to recognize that there's a better opportunity out there. Uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time when I was younger, you know, not realizing that, you know, there are, <laughs> there's a better spot than where I'm at. You know, you might be at a place where you, like you said, you're limited and uh, be, just being able to recognize that and look for those opportunities is huge. So you, so you like where you're at right now? Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, they, uh, they take care of the employees, number one, you know, the customers come number two. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be recognized for your efforts and hard work and, and everything else. So, you know, it's just something that I felt I was lacking uh, at, my, at my other shop. And, and they treated me great. You know, obviously I was there for 14 years and stuff, but uh, I needed to uh, help myself grow and, and, you know, see what else is out there instead of just being stuck in the same thing. Uh, and, and it's been a good learning curve, you know, so it, it's, I like the shop cause they do the digital video inspections and, uh, you know, they're really trying to stay on the cutting edge and the changes with all this technology and the automotive industry. So. Awesome. And, uh, independent shop, they work on pretty much anything that comes in. Yep, exactly. There's two locations here in Tucson and then, uh, there's two locations up in Phoenix. So uh, they just opened up the two locations in Phoenix the beginning of this year. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're wanting to expand and, and uh, get more shops under their belt and, you know, just put out good service. So it's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, how's, uh, how's workflow, how's business with uh, the craziness that's going on in the world right now? You know, it's, it, <laughs> um, we've seen some, some weird days, you know, some slower days, uh, Obviously, it, it affected business, but there's enough work for us to, to stay busy and to make our hours. And, you know, it hasn't affected us too much as, as, a, as a whole. You know, we haven't changed hours. We haven't furloughed any techs, um, which, is, which has been a, a good thing, you know, especially with me being kind of like the new guy coming in, you know, low man on the totem pole kind of thing. And, sure. and I could have been one of the first to let go and seeing so many guys out there going through these rough times and, and, you know, it's, it's hard, man. So, so work has been good. It's been steady. Um, it's nothing to write home about, but it's nice to be able to get out of the house and be able to go to work every day. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no kidding. Uh, my, my wife's laid off at the moment to like a lot of people and I know she's going stir crazy at home. So I feel, I feel very lucky that I get to go out and do something. Uh, it's, it's huge. It's very strange. I've seen some shops, like you said, that are just, they keep rolling along. Uh, there's a couple that I go to that are actually slammed somehow. I, I don't know exactly what they're doing differently, but then flip side too, there's some places that are really, really slow laying people off. You know, I go in you maybe do a program, a control module, and that's the only vehicle in the shop sitting there. And so I, I feel really bad for, you know, business owners and the techs uh, in those situations. So Hopefully life uh, gets back to normal here soon. They just extended our stay at home until the 18th. I'm not sure. What do they have uh, in Arizona for that? They just extended ours until the 15th. So okay. we'll, we'll see more after that. And like you said, my, my wife has, I mean, she's been painting rooms. She's been building benches. I mean, she's, she's a little, you know, she's Bob the Builder right now. She is just, <laughs> <laughs> but she's going stir crazy as well. So, I mean, I feel bad for her and, and, and it's hard not to, 
you know, feel guilty every time I go to work. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> well, mine came home with a brand new puppy last week. So that's, that, that's the level she got to. So that's, that's keeping her busy for the last few days anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you was about your pulse sensors. I actually just got one in the mail the other day. I haven't had a chance to use it yet, but you make, create and sell these pulse sensors. But let's, uh, if you would explain to anyone listening who's not familiar with what a pulse sensor is, can you explain what that, what that does, what it's used for? Yeah. So it's, you know, so a pulse sensor, it's it change, changes in pressure. So you can use this. I mean, it's just a piezo disc inside of a, a housing and it responds to changes in negative or positive pressure. And you can use this inside the intake um, to see, you know, mechanical health of an engine. You can use it inside of an exhaust with an overlay program. Uh, I've also used this in the dipstick to see, you know, cylinder blow by or piston blow by. Uh, I've seen guys use them in the cooling system. Well, I've used them in the cooling systems as well to see blown head gaskets. Uh, what else? I mean, th there's, there's all kinds of things that you can do with this, the sensor. And there's there, you're learning new things every day, you know, like Hans Jorgensen, he, he posted how you can, you can actually see noise with this sensor, putting a stethoscope end on it. And um, you know, to put it on wheel bearings and to see the difference between the right side wheel bearing or the left side. And, and it, it's, it's pretty remarkable stuff. And I'm not the best at education on the sensor. Um, that, there's much better guys out there better to explain, you know, everything that it does uh, or how to diagnose and stuff with it. Uh, Brandon Steckler has an amazing class on using these sensors and in, in cylinder and everything as well. And, you know, it, I created these sensors because when I first started getting into scopes and stuff, I'd go to these classes and I'd, I'd hear about these sensors. And when I'm getting into scopes, it, it's, there's so much money that you, that's, there's so much money for an investment and education and everything that, you know, I didn't have the $400 on top of buying my scope and everything to buy a first look sensor or, or you know, these, these real name brand um, pieces of equipment. So, but I wanted to learn. And so I, you know, figured out how to, how to make these sensors and everything else. And there's some other guys and stuff making them that, you know, I didn't realize until starting to join these Facebook groups and everything else that, you know, there's, there's really guys trying to give back to other technicians out there and give them a quality product at a, at a cheaper price than, than paying, you know, full market on, on another piece of equipment. You know, it's been fun. And the main reason I started doing it, like I said, is just to help guys out. Uh, I never expected it to, you know, go anywhere from, from there, but it, it's, it's been awesome to, to network and meet guys and talk to guys like yourself and, and, uh, to see, you know, them sitting in screen, screenshots of diag uh, vehicles that they've diagnosed and using the sensor and stuff. And it, it's, it's rewarding. It's fun, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, that's really cool. You know, as just, you know, your average auto technician occasionally will make uh, a hand tool, you know, or something, you know, weld some things together for a specific purpose. But you know, I've never really thought of make, making my own diagnostic equipment, you know, and so, well, I got to go figure out and go see who sells it in order to, uh, to start using one. But that's really cool to, to make one. Um, now, 
obviously you don't have to give away the the secret sauce here, but how how do you make one of these things? What, what do you what do you start with? I mean, there's a bunch of different ways uh, to to make these. I mean, there's a you know there's a there's some good videos out there on actually YouTube and stuff, and and anyone can can make these. You know, it's not anything that you need to. I'm sitting here saying you need to go out and buy mine because that's not you know that's not the case. It's it's just a piezo disc, which is it, essentially I mean that's a it's a guitar pickup, and you know it's put inside of a housing and it, it is that piezo creates its own voltage. So it's a two wire you know little disc that you wire up and put into a housing and everything. And I shouldn't say that there's more involved in that. That's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. So it's just producing a voltage based on vibrations. Exactly. So, so just with having the, you know, having it hooked up to a scope and everything and just tapping it, you know, let's say you're tapping the end of the sensor onto something, it's creating its own voltage. So it's something that you also want to, uh, it's very sensitive. So it just moving around and everything, it's putting out a signal, a very, very low signal but it's creating its own signal and you know with those signals and stuff uh it's kind of like sesame street diagnostics so (laughs) that's you know like that's what brandon steckler says so i got to quote him and it's just trying to it's finding the odd man out what doesn't look like the other you know so if you're putting it in a dip step tube and you're seeing nice you know up and down peaks and valleys and everything and then you're you see an odd man out what's going on there's something going on there that one's not like the other um, and the same goes true with having it in the intake or into the exhaust and every day it's, it's learning something new that you can do with this tool. So it, it's pretty darn cool. I mean, <laughs> there's really knowledgeable guys out there doing some great things with these things. Yeah. You mentioned Hans and he's definitely, you know, shown some creative ways to use these sensors, like you said, wheel bearings and just vibrations from components, not necessarily a pressure, but these can be used to measure the pressure. So, so we'd be looking at, uh, you know, the mechanical aspects of an engine, like the intake pulses or the exhaust pulses. Uh, What are we, what are we looking for exactly? Not, not specific in a waveform, but what are we looking for when we have it hooked up to an engine like that? What are you going to see with this sensor? So if you're doing like a relative compression test, this would be a good tool to use in conjunction with it. So to have two channels, and if you have it inside the intake and you're doing a relative compression test, you can, you can see you know, valve sealing um, from the intake valves. You can see you know, the intake pulls of each cylinder. And, you know, from there, it's, like I said, you know, finding that, that odd man out and mm-hmm. th- that's where, you know, the education comes in and stuff, but it, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's just, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, what else can you, can you see with it? Um, well, you mentioned head gasket. Where are you connecting it for that? So what I do, uh, I use, uh, I take my gauge, my mechanical gauge off my coolant pressure tester and I attach the pulse sensor to that hose and I suspend it from, you know, the hood latch or whatever. And then you just, you crank the engine, you do a, like a relative compression, or this is how I've done it in the past, do a relative compression test with a sink. So with like an ignition sink on it, and you're going to see a little bit of variations, a little bit of up and down and stuff. Cause you're seeing the water pump impeller actually um, rotating. But if you're seeing, you know, large, large peaks, like uh, large pressure peaks, then then that's time to you know for investigation something's getting something's causing that pressure to rise 
more than the rest of the the waveform. So okay. what's what's causing that? You know, is that combustion gases getting into the cooling system? Uh, you know, so it, it's a it's a quick and easy way to diagnose a head gasket. And I think we've all been there as technicians to where, you know, you have that head gasket that's just, it's intermittent. Sometimes it's easy to, yeah. you know, and, and I've, I, I had one that would overheat every like three months and, you know, you're looking at thermostats or air in the system or, you know, there's so much, nope, it was a head gasket that would, that would leak every, every once in a while, you know, so having this tool, it's a non-intrusive way of diagnosing you know, uh, a head gasket, just kind of with a modern technology. And what's cool about it, you can take a screenshot of the capture and everything and print it up and kind of show the customer like, hey, look, this is, you know, this is our testing results. And this is kind of what's going on. And obviously, you have to explain the waveform and everything to them. But, you know, it's, it's it shows it right there, you know, um, gives yeah, that it's, piece it's, of mind. it's data, yeah, you can you can put to somebody that you, you mentioned the the digital inspections and you can include that in there. That's, that's huge for a customer uh, rather than just, you know, taking your word for it. Yeah. I, I can think of a lot of times in my career where you have a small head gasket leak. Obviously if it's a big leak, it's overheating and spraying cooling everywhere. You might not need one of these, but a really small one where it doesn't overheat all the time. It's kind of, you're kind of, okay, it's going through a little bit of coolant and all you've got, or at least all I had at the time was the, the blue fluid that you put, on top of there and you, you you suck it up and you hope it changes color if it changes yeah. color you know you got a head gasket but if it doesn't change color well you still might have a head gasket so having another way to uh to look at that sort of thing is is awesome i you're, you're absolutely right and i've never had good luck with that with that fluid <laughs> i mean yeah. I, me being colorblind that doesn't help but <laughs> <laughs> but on that same note i mean it's and you, like you said, you hope that you catch it in the, at that time that, you know, the fluid will change colors and stuff. So it, I've spent probably more time diagnosing head gaskets, you know, kind of going down rabbit holes and everything else. So having, you know, one more test in the, in the arsenal, in the toolbox and everything to help get to the conclusion faster is what it's all about, especially being, you know, flat rate technician. So, well, and uh if I remember correctly, it was Brandon Steckler that has a video out there where he did that test where the pulse sensors connected to the cooling system. He's looking for a suspected head gasket leak. Uh, he was able to pinpoint not only that there was a head gasket leak, but what cylinder it was on as well, uh, which is pretty cool yeah. too. That That is awesome. And putting that sink in there, you know, going off of whatever cylinder that you have it triggered on one of your channels, you can sit there and count the firing order and everything else and see what cylinder is coming up on compression and see where that, that peak is coming. So you can really narrow it down to specifically which cylinder it is uh, just in a matter of, of minutes with hookup. I mean, it takes, you know, probably 10 minutes to, to hook everything up and to get the results from a head gasket with no, uh, really no, nothing disassembled, you know, not intrusive way. So. Yeah, yeah, great, great thing about you know, scoping in general is generally speaking, it's going to be non-intrusive or low intrusive to these systems. You don't have to take anything apart. Um, you know, kind of on that note of scoping things and using these pulse sensors, it's, um, I love using a scope and, you know, I want to just put the scope on everything and sometimes that 
kills my productivity, but you know, I want to see it. And with electrical side of things, you know, it's nice electrical, at least to me, it's kind of like math. Like I always know it's going to work this way and that's just how it is. Um, I will say I do struggle with using the pressure sensors or pulse sensors in some cases, because there is a lot of variables when it comes to this, especially if you're looking at, like you mentioned, exhaust or intake pulses. And sometimes you think you see something and it's really something else, or there's another variable you didn't consider like changing engine speed or uh, there's so much stuff. Um, Now you mentioned Brandon's class um, or his courses that he teaches. Uh, do you have any other suggestions or directions to point somebody who wants to learn more about this? Because I, I feel like if I if I want to use this and get really good at it, I I've got to I've really got to get some education on it so I know what I'm doing. It's tough to just hook it up and and know what, what's going on. No, and I and I hear that. So yeah, Brandon's is a is a great class. I went to his class at Super Saturday. The drawback of going to Brandon's class at Super Saturday it was only a four hour class. And Brandon is just so knowledgeable and everything else that it, you know, you can't fit all, all this information in just a four hour class. So he, it was really con- condensed down and it just, we left the class like just wanting more and more and more, you know, like just keep, keep giving it to us, you know? So I definitely need to attend Brandon's class again and do the full, full eight hour class. Uh, but as far as for like free training and stuff out there, you know, Super Mario, has some great videos using this, uh, like on a Chevy Suburban, we're talking about the head gasket to, he also has, um, watching, uh, valve issues, I think on a Mustang, you know, he's, he's got multiple videos out there that, you know, look him up, check his videos out and stuff. Trained by techs, Richard Falco, uh, has a video out just kind of explaining it. You know, he's not really getting into the diagnostic part of it, but it's showing kind of what this tool can do and showing the waveforms and, and, uh, giving you kind of a basic understanding of what this sensor does. So that there, there is, you know, the free education and stuff out there. But like I said, if you really want to dig in deep, it, it, you really need to uh, invest in and get into some of these classes. Cause like you said, it's, I may look at something and, and I'll send it off to, you know, a couple of buddies and be like, what, what do you guys see? Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing or what's your, t- how do you interpret this? You know? And, and then you're hearing some other guys is, point of view or what they're thinking and stuff. And, and, you know, it really opens your eyes like, Oh, I didn't think about it like that. So there, there is a lot of variables and that's where it's like, if you think you know what you're doing, <laughs> they're going to get that car that that's going to throw you for a loop. You know, that's going to make you question why you're even doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been there. That's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was thinking about these, uh, these types of sensors. So they're, they're a little bit different. Just, just to clarify for anybody, um, we, have, we have a pressure sensor and these are used on vehicles. We use these uh, for scopes as well that actually measures a pressure. Now these pulse sensors, they don't actually measure pressure exactly. It's measuring, what would you say, a change in pressure or the yeah, amount of change? Yeah, it's going to, so yeah, it's not actually, you can't put like a, a pressure PSI scale to it because it's not actually measuring the physical, you know, pressure, but it's, it's reacting to the changes in pressure. So it, it's going to be different than a, like, like a pressure sensor, you know, that's going to be different, but it, this is, yeah, essentially it's just the changes in pressure not all the time do you need to, to see an actual pressure value. And, you know, so each, each tool is going to have their, their own place. It, it, 
just like the WPS to be able to read, you know, a PSI scale or a pressure scale or vacuum or whatever may have you. That's also another tool in the toolbox that's valuable, you know, so, you know, having both is, you can really diagnose and dig in deep to, to some of these vehicles and stuff without having multiple WPSs. I mean, I, I don't have the money yeah. to buy multiples and <laughs> <laughs> just cheaper, cheaper alternatives and, and coming up with the same, same results. Yeah. And I mean, the, the cost of your sensor, it's a third of, for instance, like you said, the name brand once out there. Um, and from everything that I've seen, uh, uh, you know, that where people have compared sensors to each other, it, it's going to work just the same. It, it's, they're, they're all very sensitive to those pressure changes. You know, I was kind of thinking about, it, obviously we see pressure sensors on cars. You got a map sensor, mm-hmm. fuel tank pressure sensor, whatever. Um, I wonder if, you know, there's, there's an application for these types of pulse sensors on cars to be used in some way. If they'd, if they'd ever do that from a manufacturer's standpoint, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not an engineer by any means and what would go into making that happen. But we see piezo sensors in, in knock sensors that detect a vibration. Uh, so maybe the, uh, Maybe they could figure out something like that. It'd be a weird code to try to diagnose, but it'd be interesting to see that on a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious how the computer would interpret, you know, interpret that. Yeah, just you have a code for uh, for a wheel bearing noise or something like that. <laughs> can detect the vibration. Some of that. So well, I guess that kind of gets into the the NVH style, which I haven't really done much. I know there's a kit for Pico, but I. I didn't quite have the need for it, although it definitely looks interesting, the stuff you can do with it. Do, do you yeah. know, is that is that kit based off the same idea? I, I'm really not, not sure how that operates. Essentially, I mean, I mean, I'm no expert, but obviously it's not, it's not a piezo. It, it's a whole different animal, but essentially it's kind of doing the same thing as like we would be checking wheel bearings and everything else. You know, it, it's seeing vibrations and putting that, vibration into the scope and you know kind of measuring measuring that vibration in certain areas you know you can use it for the drive shaft and everything to balance the drive shafts and and you know it that's the power with the scopes you know seeing is believing kind of thing i i love grabbing the scope because i like to see the voltage over time you know compared to just even a multimeter it's hard to if it's a fast signal or anything else it's kind of hard to interpret that you know and and uh Obviously, you know, the multimeters are only going to pick up, you know, an average of kind of what's going on. Yeah, seeing that slowing time down effectively, uh, you know, is what that scope does for us. And, and like you say, yeah, Sesame Street drawing, drawing a picture for us so we can view it. I, I remember when I first started using a scope, how cool that was that, yeah, I can see what's happening you know, on that wire with those electrons, uh, electricity is, is a crazy thing. If you really think about it and what it, what's actually happening, but we can see that as a line on a graph and slow down, you know, zoom in on a thousandth of a second and really look at the detail of what's happening on that wire. So that's, that's why I'm, I'm so drawn to them. And I, I think it's, it's really, really cool. Of course, rabbit holes and, uh, stuff like that, but yeah, that's why that's why we're into we, we're we're interested in this sort of stuff and learning about that. A- absolutely. Um, so, uh, for anybody who wants to purchase one of these sensors, how can they 
contact you or find one of these sensors? Um, so you can find me on, on Facebook at Cody's Auto Diagnostics and uh, sh you can shoot me a message there and I'd be happy to take care of you as far as that. Uh, it's not anything I, I have a website or anything that I'm even planning on probably having a website. You know, I, I do this in my spare time just to kind of give back to the industry and give back to, to the guys and stuff and just put out, you know, a decent tool that, you know, guys can start playing around with and start diagnosing some, some vehicles and stuff. And, you know, that's the reward and everything that I get is when I, when they send me screenshots of cars that they figured out and everything using, using the sensor, you know, it, it's from just some silly idea, like who would have thought of putting, putting this together? You know what I mean? As far as the first, you know, pulse sensor and everything else and look at what it's turned into. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's pretty darn cool. And, you know, being a part of these Facebook groups and everything else, seeing these guys and new ways of diagnosing these vehicles with these tools is just, it, it's, it's impressive. So there's just, it's changing every day. It seems like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like with anything else. Right. Right. Now it's, it's, it's really cool. to start expanding out and, and growing that network and everybody's mind, you know, thinks about things a little differently so they can, they can use that, that, that tool in a way that me or you never thought would never think to use it that way. So that, I think that is really cool. And when, when people get creative uh, in that aspect um, and I will make sure to include all of the links in the show notes uh, for anyone listening, as far as how to get to uh, any of these pages or websites that we've mentioned here for the, for the training and the, the tool as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on from the sensors. Uh, I just, uh, I know I didn't ask you ahead of time, but do you, do you have any uh, recent uh, interesting vehicles or case studies or anything oh, like that that's top of mind? I I know uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago and stuff, and I told you I you know I I didn't. And honestly, right now, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Not anything super recent. Uh, I guess kind of going back just to the sensor. I had a uh, I had a Kia with a with a misfire code and I think it was the two, four, two, four Kia that has the issues with the, like the wrist pins and, sure. you know, putting, putting the sensor in the dipstick, I was able to actually see uh, it's something I can actually send you the screenshot and everything too. If you, I don't know if you can include that with the show notes or whatever, but you can looking at this waveform, you can actually see the wrist pin movement in in this waveform on that specific cylinder which you know i thought was it was just another nail in the coffin um to diagnose this vehicle without getting down and dirty and and uh you know checking the internals of the engine without any disassembly so yeah that's that's awesome when you can do that and, and yeah seeing you know physical movement in a in a scope pattern is always cool i, I remember first time i saw a pintle hump you know, for a solenoid in a waveform. And I was like, that's crazy. That's something moving and I can see it in, in, in a waveform. That's, that's awesome. Exactly. I mean, it is the, the power of the scope is just, it's just incredible. Well, uh, last thing I got on my list here is obviously we talked all about the sensors. Do you have any, uh, I like to ask for recommendations for people listening as far as either a tool or a resource for any technician out there. And it doesn't even have to be diagnostic related. Um, 
you know, maybe there's a ratchet really like or something, but uh, if you have any recommendations for training resources, tools uh, that you'd like uh, people to know about, uh, love for you to share. Well, I mean, first off, I would say if anybody's curious about any kind of automotive training or anything that then they need to uh, visit uh, train by techs website. So right now, obviously with the whole COVID going on and everything else, there's been a lot of free webinars and everything, which has been awesome for the automotive industry. You know, I think that's one good thing that's kind of come out of everything going on. Uh, I think at one point there was like 38 webinars in the month of April or something and just free ones. So it, so it's been fun to sit there at work and listen to these podcasts or not podcasts, but these webinars and stuff and, and to learn. Uh, but train by text posts, you know, any kind of uh, training on their website, that would be a great resource. Uh, they, they also have, you know, uh, YouTube videos and everything else that, that is, again, that's more, more education and everything. Uh, ATG would be another place. Uh, I really enjoy going to the ATG classes. Those classes are just, uh, I, I think it, they take it to just a, a high level and you know, they're usually a, a two day class and stuff, but their classes are, are pretty top notch. And I, I try to make a point to never miss an ATG class, even if it's doing the same class, you know, a couple years between each other, you're going to get something out of each class, you know, something new out of each class. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think those would be the, the biggest resources. Uh, their CTI um, that you'd want to check out. Obviously, there's some other ones and stuff, but there's the Train by Text website's really going to show you uh, what's out there. They're, you know, they're a group of guys that are really trying to give back to the industry, which, you know, we should all be thankful to have guys that, you know, really, really want to bring other technicians up and make them everybody better, you know, instead of holding people back and, and everything that provide the training and show us what, what's out there and, and help us all, you know, grow to be better. The cars aren't, uh, they're not getting dumber. They're only getting smarter. <laughs> yeah. It, it's us against uh, a team of engineers that are making these things. So we got a, we got a team together as well to try to uh, try to grow. Yeah. I, I really appreciate groups like that and people like that and, and you that are just, you know, trying to share and trying to, to help everybody get that information out there. It's not, you know, it's not selling the industry short. We're not giving away, you know, trade secrets. Um, it, it's really about helping that technician that needs the information, needs to learn. And I, well, I think everybody needs to learn in some way or another, but um, huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, the, on that note, ATG, I really like the training manuals that you get with the courses. Uh, you get a very, very detailed training manual and it covers even more than they do in the class. So you can go home and learn even more through these books and then you can refer to it later, a year later after the course and, yeah. and really find all that information that was in there. So that I really like. Those training manuals are, are uh, like you said, I mean, they are, they're top notch. And what's nice about them, you don't even need to attend the class in manuals. And it's pretty much like, um, you buy these man, uh, you know, you buy the manual, it's pretty much like attending the class. You read this. I mean, it's, it's a, it's another tool in the toolbox that you can refer to at any time. And the way that it's broke down in their content section, you can really go to uh, specific, you know, sections in those, in those chapters and stuff to, to read about whatever, you know, system that you're working on. Uh, 
going back to the training and stuff, I, you know, I also want to mention, you know, vision in Kansas city is, is another huge training event that I haven't personally been to yet. Um, and I was, I, I was planning on going this year, but then with the job move and everything else, it just didn't, just didn't plan out. Uh, but you know, I want to make it a point to, to go and stuff next year. A bunch of guys, you know, that's uh, top notch training with top notch instructors and, and the best in the business from, technicians to shop owners to trainers they're they're all in one place so you can just get this wealth of education you know there's there's also super saturday in philadelphia that that training event i think i went this last year and it completely changed my whole outlook on uh just to see so much passion and drive from so many technicians that are out there in all in one place it was man it just really makes you uh, appreciate the automotive industry and what guys are really putting forth to, to make themselves better, you know, taking time out of their, their day to go to these trainings and to fly around the country to go to these trainings. And, and it's pretty awesome. You know, then there's also TST, the big event. Uh, that's, that's another great training. I didn't realize how much training was really out there until, you know, getting on these Facebook groups and stuff and I, I feel like I've just been hiding in a hiding in a closet for for so long um, because I was only just seeing the local trainings I had no idea that there was there's just there's yeah. just so much out there I, I can relate exactly to that for years I had no idea I had no clue that there was training like that I figured there was some big sales conference in Vegas yeah. where they're selling tools um, you, I think you hear of uh, whatever the big snap on one is or whatever, but I, I had no clue uh, until I get got in with some of these groups, uh, you know, the local Napa training. That's, that's what I went to. Um, so yeah, yeah. you definitely got to check out some of these. Uh, I didn't make a division this, this year either. I, I was at the, the last one and yeah, awesome, awesome weekend of training. Uh, I haven't been to super Saturday yet, but I am signed up for this fall. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, nice. Hopefully the country opens up well, by hope, then. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing because uh, I, I think it's, if I'm remembering, is it either two or three days this year? Can, do you remember? Yeah, is they're it, doing a Friday, Saturday, and I, I'm actually not sure if this class is on Sunday or not. But um, Yeah, Super Saturday. Man, like I said, I mean, that was, uh, it was a huge eye-opener. And that was a, a trip that I took at, at, on my expense and everything else to go out to uh, – you know, get this kind of training and because like Brandon's class, for example, that class wasn't coming to Tucson. So how do I learn more about these sensors and everything else if the training is not coming to me? Well, me as a technician, you know, I, I paid to invest into yourself, you know, and if the shop's not willing to send you to trainings and stuff, you know, save, save some money each month and everything, but try to make it to some of these, these bigger training events because it, it, it's, it's really going to open your eyes. And if it, the train's not coming to you, go, go to them, you know, and come back just with a wealth of knowledge. Cause you know, like Jim Morton says, you know, training doesn't cost, it pays, you know, I'm quoting all these guys, but I mean, it's absolutely true. Like it's, it, it's, it's a small, it's a small investment into yourself and that's, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, and I think, and plus, you know, you go to these events and stuff, these are, these are, uh, technicians and trainers and stuff that want to be there. You know, they are, uh, um, they want to help educate and the, the, technicians take their job seriously and uh you know it, it's hard to take 
work a full week or, you know, just like the ATG classes to work all day and then to go to training at night. Those are long days. But those, I look forward to those in classroom, you know, going to these events and stuff, even though I know I'm going to be dragging the next day after getting home late and going to sleep and stuff. It, it's, but it's, it, I come back like just refreshed and, and just uh, um, like excited to, to get back to it, to put these practices to use. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's always the worst. You, you're all pumped. You went to this diagnostic course, and and John Thornton's talking about all this really cool stuff. And then uh, your first car is like a brake job or an oil change or yeah. something. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know. And that's where you hope that you have the book because I had to refer back to Brandon's book, um, you know, just the other day and stuff. Uh, got a got a vehicle in the in the shop that's got a leaking intake valve, but you know, this is a tool that I was able to or this was a vehicle I was able to diagnose with the, with the pulse sensor and stuff in just a short amount of time. So, which normally would be doing, you know, cylinder leak down tests and, and compression tests and this and that. And it's, it's, you know, to come to the same conclusion at a, at a faster rate, it, it's what it's all about, especially for being a flat rate technician or just even a technician in general, you don't want to spend, you know, hours chasing your tail. Um, you being mobile. I mean, you, you know, all, all about that. You know, time is time is money, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And that's where you really can, I mean, do the math on the value. You use one of those techniques or the knowledge that you gained from a class and you're like, okay, it solved this problem for me in this amount of time. I got paid X amount of dollars for the, for that. And I paid this much for the class. You can see right away how it's going to pay for itself, how it's going to uh, you know, be value. You're making money going to these classes. That's, that's the real bottom exactly. line to it that, that people don't always see when they look at the initial sticker price of even, you know, flying an hotel and the course it's, it's worth it. You know, as long as, as long as you utilize it, you're passionate about it, it. It's definitely worth it. If you take this industry seriously and everything else, absolutely. You know, going to these classes and everything else is, is no different than buying that, that, um, socket set or that wrench set, you know, it's another tool in, in the arsenal. Um, and you know, it, it, you have the, the manuals to the education. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, it's not all about, you know, hanging struts and, and, you know, doing brake jobs. It, it, there, there's a whole lot more to this industry than that, you know, and it, it's, it's nice to get these problem vehicles and these vehicles that have been to four other shops that they couldn't get fixed. And, here you're able to figure it out and uh you know it's it's kind of kind of rewarding you know i mean it, it's uh there's something to be said about it and that comes from from the training and it, it's awesome i mean i go to these trainings and i come back and and you know try to educate the guys in the shop of what i've what i've learned you know and uh, tr the shop foreman at my location and everything now, you know, I was going over the scope captures of that leaking intake valve and everything and, and showing him and, you know, his mind's blown because he doesn't use the, the scopes and stuff like that. And just where the technology has come. And he's, you know, he's like, you're able to figure that out just by, you know, doing X, Y, and Z and hooking this up. And it's like, this is, this is how you interpret it. This is what it's about. And here's the overlay program. And, and it, it's, you know, it's just kind of mind, mind blown. Like, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep, it's, sure. it's neat. Yeah. The, the, the challenge of it and the diagnostic side of it, that's, that's the only reason I'm still with this industry. If it was all <laughs> hanging parts, I would have lost 
you know, it's good money, but I would have lost interest in it a long time ago. So that's what, that's what keeps me coming back every day is that, uh, that challenge. See, and that's the same with me. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, doing breaks and everything else was, was fun at one point, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, moving, moving forward, but it's a, it's an investment to get into the diagnostics and it's an investment into yourself and, and the tools, you know, you, you need, you need both to, um, to get the job done. You know, it, it, you can have the tools and not have the knowledge, you know, or the knowledge and not the tools. So it, it's, right. <laughs> you need both. Yep. Yep. It's a, uh... Yeah, so that's a lot of work, but I, I, I think it's worth it for sure. So Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep you too much longer. I uh, I really do appreciate you coming on, spending some time with me this morning. Uh, this is absolutely uh, Sean. I really appreciate you having me here. And like I said, I think what you're doing is really giving back to the industry and, and just uh, you know, keep pushing forward because uh I'm really enjoying the content you're putting out and you know I'm excited to see uh are here new guys that are on here and your interviews and, and everything else. So it's, uh, it's been fun watching you, man. So hey, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to have you on again, uh, at some point or another for sure. So I'll, I'll build some case studies and then I'll have a little bit more to talk about. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's it for today. I want to thank everybody for listening and remind everyone to check the show notes for the links for everything that we mentioned, including uh, where you can find Cody on YouTube, Facebook, and to get in touch with him uh, in case you're interested in one of his pulse sensors. Um, Other than that, uh, we'll call this one a wrap, uh, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yeah.